welcome, friends, to another episode of the Lord of the Wrongs podcast, the only Tolkien podcast, the professor himself, as juvenile and crass. I am Dan Zerby, a.k.a. Tom Bombadingus, here with my co-host, Sean Kelly, but he's known around here as Strider, going about at a great pace on his long shanks. I do have long shanks, yeah. <laughs> you do, you really do. And together, we'll be discussing the writings, adaptation, news, and anything else involving the works of J.R. Tolkien in a manner we are quite confident that he would not quite approve of. What's going on, man? Not much uh, right now, uh, but you've got me thinking uh, about things that J.R.R. Tolkien doesn't approve of, uh, Yeah, which leads me to a, a bit of a correction from last episode here. Oh, yeah, uh, we, uh, we got a couple things incorrect. We, we made some bold claims about <laughs> what uh, J.R.R. Tolkien approved of or, or didn't uh yeah mostly olive garden related yeah so um you know about his name but we'll touch on that in a sec yeah but uh we we did uh back that up with some research turns out uh token died uh, about 10 years before olive garden was even founded as it turns out yeah so it turns out that was unfounded uh, yeah, it would have been very hard for him to not like something that he that wouldn't exist for a decade after he passed on. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd love to speculate all day on whether or not he would have liked Olive Garden, but I, I, you know, we just can't say for sure. You really can't. I think it's probably a safe bet that he would never experience an Olive Garden because I'm pretty sure they're only in the United States and he never visited the United States in his whole life. Which is a real, well, actual fact. That that is a that, that is an actual fun fact. But yeah, uh, yeah it it only took a cursory Google to uh, figure <laughs> that out. It only took but, a small amount of research to find out what we even, said was <laughs> surprisingly. I know, not true. Yeah. Wow. But an even more cursory Google revealed that his name is in fact not john ronald mcdonald yeah that was a pretty egregious mistake i really should have so we we both had something to retract yeah Uh, but you know we'll just we'll keep coming at you with the with the tolkien facts yeah Um, Uh, they'll definitely all be real from now on yeah 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 100 percent behind the scenes we've agreed to only bring you the the truest and, and most interesting facts we can yes it's gonna be they're they're gonna be all real just just like these last ones were real except we'll uh yeah they were real until they weren't yeah <laughs> apparently reddit's got <laughs> lots of information that's not all that uh helpful <laughs> well we went to the more reliable source wikipedia yeah yeah but uh, so first, I, I got a question for you, Zerby. All right, go and ahead. Shoot, John. I know that we said uh, the what's your favorite questions are kind of a cop out, but I felt like this one was somewhat appropriate. What's your favorite Valar or your favorite Valar? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, on the one hand, Elcor is pretty cool. I mean, he's a bad guy, but uh, he's most powerful of all of them and uh you know he's got some 
He's, 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 a, he's a fascinating guy, even if I dis- dislike what he uh, does. He's a bad guy. I'm glad but, you don't agree with him. Yes, I don't. I, I'm taking a very hard, bold stance right now. I'm very brave. I'm against the deeds of Melkor. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. a, that's a hot take. Listen, I know that that might cause some controversy, but I'm a principled man and I'm going to stick by that, damn it. But my favorite Valar, actually, I would have to say it's probably going to be either Ulmo, Valar of the Waters, including the oceans, rivers, streams, lakes, everything in Middle Earth is Ulmo's, Ulmo's territory. Running water, standing water. All of the water. Drinking water, question mark? I think so. I mean, water that's set is good to drink. He would definitely be, uh, you know, the lord of that. Yeah, I don't know if, I, I mean, I guess they had wells, well water probably included. Just water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just water. Also. They're like sub, sub-deities, sub though, for yeah rivers and. There are, yeah, like uh, Goldberry, for example. Yeah, river daughter. Of, yeah. River she's like more of a spirit of the river. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so but who's yeah. the other? The other, oh, I was going to say Tulkas is pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, he's I love just... Orame, though. Okay. He's, yeah, no. he's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Just and you, big I guy who likes to wrestle. Wrestling. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, I do I do enjoy wrestling. That's true. Yeah, it's so like, yeah, maybe it's Tulkas. <laughs> if, hey, if Tulkas, could... uh, I don't know if he ever DDT'd uh, Melkor, but... <laughs> <laughs> who, would you, who would you say is the most Tulkas-like wrestler? Uh, of I mean, I mean, maybe all time, but I guess when the era that you know best. I don't. I barely know anything about wrestling. I'm well, in terms of pro wrestling, there's a lot. There, uh, there's a lot of eras that I know quite a bit about because I'm not only a Tolkien nerd. I'm also kind of a pro wrestling nerd, which is a really weird combination of things. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, Hulk Hogan actually would be a pretty good stand-in for Toolcast because he's overall pretty well. You know what he says in his private life is not so jolly and happy, but Tulkas likes to laugh and stuff as well as wrestle. He's kind of an upbeat badass, and yeah, okay. the on-screen version of Hulk Hogan, I would say, actually works really well with Tulkas. I would love to see Hulk Hogan in the first age in uh, Valinor. Oh wait, no, Tulkas. you know what? I'm I'm actually going to change my mind. I'm going to say Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah! I'm not even. I'm not gonna throw out the. I'm not gonna even attempt. But <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it clear as day, and I can hear it too. Yeah, he's gonna tell Tulkas to snap, <laughs> to snap into a slim gym. <laughs> Just a judgment coming from the gods. Uh, yeah, he's gonna drop an elbow in that Top in rope. that voice <laughs> and. Yes, coming accented with an elbow from the top rope would be pretty. <laughs> awesome. uh, who? How about you, Sean? Who's your Who's your favorite uh, Vala? Unfortunately, you you already you said Omo already. Um, Most a badass. Yeah, it, he just. I like the way he interacts with uh, the peoples of Middle Earth. Yeah, he does more than anybody else. It seems really like he's the most helpful. Everyone else is kind of aloof. Yeah, he seems like um, I think this happens a lot in Greek mythology, where 
the gods are kind of on a, a stint of like, oh, we're not gonna, we're not talking to humans right now, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 enough. And and there's always, you know, one or two gods who are sort of feeding us scraps under the table, you know, yeah, like for they're sure. just kind of like low key helping humanity, even though there's sort of a, an explicit sort of ban against it. So yeah, Olmo. I mean, the Valar sort of backed off of Middle-earth because they figured that they shouldn't take a direct hand in right. helping. But uh, Omo just kind of pops up a couple times and actually directly speaks to yeah. elves. And, uh, and men. Tour. And men, yeah. Speaks to Tuor, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have a a little g god in our corner you know yeah he's yeah he he definitely seems to at least in the first age seems to be doing um a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of wanting to help uh yeah the people i I like him sort of as a character but i also like mandas his sort of tolkien's take on the you know god of the dead basically yeah Um, yeah for uh for the uninitiated uh Mandos is kind of the one in charge of so when elves die they go to the halls of Mandos. So if they're killed in battle or die of a broken heart as a lot of them seem to <laughs> um they go to the halls of Mandos where they're judged basically. Uh elves generally will be rehoused, they'll get a new body after they're killed and most almost all of the time they will after getting a new body they will stay in Valinor. They they often don't go back to Middle Earth, with a few notable exceptions, Glorfindel being one of them. Yeah, very notable, very awesome. Yeah. So Manway's uh, the one or uh, excuse me, Mandos is the one who decides how long are you gonna hang out here before you get a new body. He's sort of the the scales of judgment feather type yes. character. Oh, was yeah. that is that Anubis? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And each Egyptian uh yeah in egyptian mythology, mythology yes. yeah but um so i guess that that intro sort of segues us into a segment that you've come up with survey would you like yes, to intro that indeed so and uh all this talk about the valar and some of you might not have any idea what we're talking about uh which leads us into a brand new segment which i like to call the summerillion where Basically, Sean and I will read stories from the Silmarillion so that you don't have to, and we'll explain it to you. <laughs> it, it's intimidating for us, but hopefully we can, it is. We yeah. can fall on this cross for, for you yeah. guys. But uh, at the end of the day, you get everybody should, if you're interested in it, you should read these yeah. stories because they are... Just you take know, your our, time with it because it it's, yeah, it's our, a little bit like homework. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, as the... But the first couple of chapters are are tough, but as it goes on, it also gets easier to Agreed. read and it becomes more, I think pretty much throughout the Silmarillion, it becomes less and less uh, big picture and yeah. more and more just, just stories. Yeah, even the way it's written, it's, uh, you know, it starts off very extremely stilted and as it goes on, just a little more too. yeah just it gets a little easier to read it's a little less uh grand um 
so let's jump in, right? So uh, the beginning is a pretty decent place to start, I think. <laughs> uh, and the first chapter of the Silmarillion is the Ainu Lindale, or the music of the Ainur. Now, such a cool word. It really, Ainu Lindale, it's so fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some of you might be who, who, Again, the uninitiated. I'm going to do a little vocabulary, some basic terms and names here. So the Ainur. What the hell are the Ainur? Well, the Ainur, it trans translates to the Holy Ones. And they are spirits that were thought into being by Edu. And Edu means the one. Also known as Iluvatar, I believe is the elves name for Edu. Um, and, or Eru Iluvatar. Yeah. Yeah, or Eru Iluvatar. Either way, that's the one. The big G god. The one in charge of everything. You know, the one who's pulling all the strings. The one who's in charge of everything, right? So underneath... Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, Eru thinks the Ainur into existence. Now the Ainur makes up two different, but very similar, uh, other spirits. We have the Valar, as we just talked about. They're the little g-gods of, uh, of Arda. And then there are the Maiar, which are lesser holy beings. Um, some examples of Maiar would be Sauron, uh, Gandalf, Saruman, um, Balrogs. Balrogs yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of them. Uh, so just to maybe bring this to an easier place of understanding, if we compare it to the Christian mythology, Eru is God. The Valar are archangels, and the Maiar are like lesser angels, just to make it simple. That's basically. Or you could say Eru is like God. The Valar are the uh, polytheistic gods. So like, uh, you know, Roman, Greek, uh, Egyptian style gods. And then, you know, you've got angels or, sure. I mean, not demigods really, but yeah, the, just the. The lower tier of yeah, they're they're spiritual beings that you yeah know, do the will of the Valar and of Eru. Uh, so yeah, so let's jump into the story. That's enough background, I think, for most people to be able to follow along here. So yeah. this is the creation myth uh, for Arda for for all of Tolkien's uh, legendarium creation. Uh, so Eru basically thinks the Ainu into being and wants them to create a great music, a collaboration between all the Ainur, that's the Valar and the Meyer included. They have their own thoughts and ideas, but it's going to be made into one great symphony in harmony with each other. And uh, as I mentioned before, the greatest of all the Ainur and the Valar is Melkor, who's later named Morgoth, who makes a very loud, brash, and discordant music. Imagine that you are in London, and you're going to see the Philharmonic. You're going to hear them perform Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Ode to Joy. And about a few seconds in, Pomariah from Slayer comes out with a Marshall stack and just starts shredding heavy metal right on top of it. That's kind of what we're dealing with here. I am seeing now why you mentioned liking Morgoth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he is the most a... metal of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is true. He's like yeah. 80s metal. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, sure. he's thrash metal for sure. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's Dave Mustaine, <laughs> except probably not quite as mean. <laughs> wow. 
I, I know that's 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 me to Dave Mustaine, but <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's he's not known to be a really sweet fella. Anyway, <laughs> we're we're alienating enough people without talking heavy metal too much. So let's let's just continue <laughs> with the story. So Melkor is making all this uh, this all this racket that's not really going along with the rest of uh, of the music the the rest of the I knew are making. So Eru stops the music and it's like, all right, let's let's do another take, guys. Let's try this again. And exact same thing. Melkor ruins it again. And Eru goes, all right, let's try this one more time. And believe it or not, Melkor ruins it again. He's doing his own thing. And uh, his, it's just it's 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 being a huge pain in Eru's butt. So basically, he just uh, chastises Melkor and kind of leaves the music as it is. Um, as Eru says, uh, that pretty much do what you want at the end of all things. My will is what's going to be come to fruition. Yeah. I, 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 when I picture that, I just see it as like a conductor standing in front of, you know, a choir or something and him just, you know, he starts conducting, you know, Melkor is throwing up this weird discordant music and he just kind of just looks over at him and stares him down just stops <laughs> yeah. conducting like i don't know it's this very clear picture of me you know uh, yeah, and just taps say- the music stand starts again <laughs> stares at him harder <laughs> don't you do it you son of a bitch don't you do it <laughs> and then the third time he's just like yeah you know what here you got what you wanted <laughs> you've ruined Fine. the world and now you have to deal with it yeah. Like, but nothing you're ever gonna do is really gonna ruin my symphony. It's still gonna go my way, you know. So, Eru yeah. shows the Ainur how their music created Arda, created the world, and uh, and not just the world, but also pretty much the history of what will happen in Arda. And this results in the children of Iluvatar arriving in Arda, firstborn, which are the elves, and then followed by the followers, men. Now, Melkor is doing his best to dominate Arda, and uh, there's not a lot of exposition on this war that the Valar have, the other Valar have with Melkor, but they basically do battle, and the other Valar are successful, and uh, Arda is made hospitable for the children. Especially Tolkas. Tolkas is especially successful. He is. He uh... Put him in a a rear naked choke call. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's basically, that's, that's the basic first story of the Silmarillion. That's the Ainulin delay. Uh, the second chapter actually pretty much starts with a recap of the Ainulin delay, kind of more from the elves point of view, basically. Yeah. So that's, that's the first, yeah, yeah. that's the first story. Nice and I short. The always... other ones will not be that easy. <laughs> no, I always loved the, um, awakening. Of the elves, of the first children. Yeah. And the firstborn. Even though at the beginning, the elves are pretty crappy to the men. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they hunt them like animals, but, you know. (laughs) Well, they they hunt the dwarves like animals. Do they hunt men as well? No, 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 they don't hunt men. They're just just mean to men. They're called like the... It's mean to them, and they kind of avoid them initially, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. They just, uh, the elves at the beginning are pretty racist against men and especially against dwarves who come after men i think Um, they're just i mean so yeah i don't know it's just hard to 
Yeah, elves are very superior. Uh, they act very superior, but they also are. So yeah. it's kind of yeah, it's kind of hard to to draw a parallel, really. To sure, I mean, they, the human. You know, we're all humans. We're all the same at the at the end of the day. But elves are just kind of better. Yeah, I mean, they are they're immortal or you know serially longevil because they can be killed. But even if they're killed, they can get bodies and and come back to earth because the elves fate is tied to the fate of arda whereas men's fate is tied not to the music of the ainur men are able to make choices outside of the music whereas elves really kind of can't they're bound to the fate of arda they have to they can only do they have only so much free will elves well because they just end up they're all doomed to fade Basically. Yeah, they're doomed to fade. I mean, and they will be on Arda as long as Arda exists. And when the world eventually ends, uh, the elves will be no more at all, forever. Kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's what I, I think I mentioned this in another, uh, yeah, another episode. How melancholic the world of Lord of the Rings is, mm-hmm. and you know, just as uh, Middle Earth in general. Just because yeah. it's the whole world is in decline, which yes. um, it's also kind of sad if you realize that's how it's, it seems like it's kind of how Tolkien saw our world being. Yeah, you know, we're we're pursuing this technology and 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 advancing and all that for mm-hmm. often for advancement's own sake, and uh, right. I guess we sort of viewed that as a. Uh, yeah, a negative. Just a slow decline, yeah. Yeah, indeed. All right, well. <laughs> that was far that more note, serious than I meant for it to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like... yeah I figure I'll uh, just do a quick 180 here. And uh, I'd like to bring us to the uh, next segment, the Mad Men of the West. We're right. Back. Mad Men of we're the here West. To, yeah, we're here to capitalize on, I mean, this work that we yeah. just <laughs> disgusted such serious on such a serious note <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i've got a sponsor lined up Zerby, and oh, i think really? it Who's is the newest sponsor ideal uh no I, we don't have a sponsor oh but that's too bad a theoretical <laughs> sponsor oh no no, no, no. yeah for, forget that <laughs> i've got a i've got a, a pitch that i think this company is really gonna like i want to create a marriage between the new Lord of the Rings cinematic universe and ring doorbell. <laughs> is it not perfect? <laughs> it, it, it really is. And in fact, if uh, you have to believe that if Sauron had a ring doorbell, he would have seen uh, Sam and Frodo coming up uh, the pass of Kirith what I'm saying. <laughs> and think about, you know, there were nine rings for men Three rings for elves, seven rings for dwarven kings. Mm-hmm. Their you know, halls of stone, all that. <laughs> yeah, they. I submit to you that ring uh, rings, let's say, will make for the most secure strongholds in all of Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> if if the dwarves of Erebor had had a ring doorbell, maybe they would have seen Smaug coming and had a uh, had time to prepare, and they could have. Well, I submitted it to the local constabulary, I guess, like the <laughs> video evidence. 
I don't really know who you go to for dragon problems. I uh, think you just kind of kind of handle it yourself. But. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess there's always, you know, heroes, but uh, as Gandalf says in The Hobbit, they're off fighting battles in far off lands. So there's not that many people around. Also, to be fair, ring doorbells would have worked great for Smaug, too. <laughs> if he had had one on that, yeah, that's true. That secret, uh, that secret door on the side of the mountain, uh, yeah, he would have had more oh, warning. He he didn't know. Well, he didn't know where it was, but maybe if the dwarves already had one installed, he could have found the footage. Yeah, I mean, he just would have had to open a smartphone and okay, uh, open you know the what? app. Maybe, maybe the best uh, example for the sponsorship wouldn't be um, providing a secure doorbell for somebody who has stolen your home. <laughs> so I think we pivot to, uh, you know, say Lorien. Oh, yeah. Or, or Rivendell. These are places which have been preserved in time through the power of their rings, you know, ring doorbells. I think this is going to be a very lucrative partnership. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, rings of power. It's just... Yeah, I mean, ideal. I mean, Elrond's ring is a ring of uh, is a ring of uh, protection, right? Isn't that one of the virtues of? Uh... I think all the Elven rings kind of have that quality uh, yeah, to a I guess certain they, degree. Yeah, they. All he has it. the ring of uh, air, or is it water? I think it's water, which explains why they were yeah, able I to think... use the Bruinant to, to like wash away the uh, Nazgul. His, his might be air and. Galadriel's might be water. There's the other way around. Ooh, that might be something we actually have to research. <laughs> have to actually look up. Yeah, we're gonna have to actually do a cursory Google on that one. But uh, yeah, either way, I don't think ring doorbell is gonna give much of a hoot. Uh, yeah. You know who's got Nenya? Oh, you know, Volya. Volya. Uh, it's there's uh, Aria. <laughs> uh, there's uh, Nenya, which is Galadriel's wing. Oh, and you're right. It is the Ring of Water, the White Ring, or Ring of Adamant. That's Nenya. That's Galadriel's ring. Then there's uh, okay. Narya, which is the Ring of Fire, and that's the one that Círdan gives to Gandalf when he arrives in Middle Earth. And Vilya is the ring that Elrond. Uh, it's the ring that Elrond. Okay. Holds. Yeah, I just remember thinking that uh, that is Galadriel the Ring of right. hers for the water in her mirror and then yes uh i was thinking elrond sort of uses his to just kind of push wind down the river uh, i know it doesn't make that much well sense, he and gandalf do that too it's it's a combined effort yeah i don't know gandalf boils the the rivers <laughs> i think he gandalf just kind of has magic and so does elrond uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's all very unclear. But you know what is clear? How secure your home is going to be <laughs> when you attach a <laughs> ring doorbell. <laughs> man, if we don't, if man, if this is, if this podcast has any kind of following, we better get paid. Like, we're doing such good work for <laughs> ring doorbells right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, if we cast a wide net for all these sponsorships for a remake, we, we could come back in like 30 years with a copyright claim yeah and if anybody has to steal our ideas i mean we have this recorded i mean today is uh april 24th 2023 is when we're recording this so anybody in the future who's trying to steal this idea <laughs> our lawyers will be in contact with you 
this is really this is you know this isn't really for anybody else it's mostly for me and Serbi to talk but also for posterity <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the true entire purpose of this podcast. <laughs> i mean we're basically just brainstorming yeah i mean there's always uh you know there were there are lots of lofty ideas for this podcast but at the end of the day it's kind of just sean and i being able to talk about our favorite thing to talk about <laughs> And build a nest egg for litigation. Yes, of course. Later. Yeah. <laughs> the inevitable litigation that will happen later. <laughs> All right. Um, so I've got, I, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to come out and say, it. I got a couple bits lined up here. Yeah, let's do them. And so I figured uh, I'll go, uh, I'd go on to the next one. And I, all right. Just to preface this in coming up with, the examples for this bit we're doing an adaptation station choo 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 i refused to put a drop <laughs> in there i'm just gonna let you do the sound every time yeah that's fine yeah, it's I, too I, funny I figured, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah in coming up with these i'm realizing how they sound ridiculous on paper but the more i think about them or more i talk about them the more i kind of want them to exist so i present to you Dolamroth Vice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh, all right. So, for people who don't know, who haven't read the book, probably or, only seen the movies, you likely don't know yeah. where Dol Amroth is. Dol Amroth is in the south of Gondor. If you're looking at a map, it's it's on the coast. There's kind of uh, the the mouth of the Anduin is the big uh, series of what for, fords, uh, like sand. Uh, what is that? Called? The delta. delta it's yes. the big giant delta on the coast uh, towards the bottom. Uh, it's just a little bit up uh, northwest of there. Yeah, it's on the coast of Belfalos, if you have a map of Middle-earth that you're looking at. Yeah, I, I'm going off memory. I'm not looking at one. You have one on your wall, right? Um, I have. I would if I was willing to pay no, to have it framed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, so Dolamroth is a... It is the background on my computer, though, I just realized. Um, yeah. It's it's a princedom, I guess. It is. And a princedom, by the way, you know, we hear the word prince a lot, and it's always it's always in the context of, oh, it's the son of the king. And historically, that's not actually really the case. Uh, most princes are just lords of a certain land that are subject to the king. Sort of like how, a, you know, a duke has a duchy or... Uh... Yeah, like a duke or a lord or that sort of thing. It's you know they are. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of any other. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while since I've yeah. uh, participated in a, a feudal arrangement of uh, lordship. Right. But... Yeah. But either way, a princedom is a land that's run by a lord who there is usually a king above him. You know, it's pretty important. They're basically yes. the the second most powerful behind. Uh, Gondor itself, you know, Minas Tirith, and they're the powerful uh, subject of Gondor. And we don't, you know, we don't really get to see much of Dol Amroth. So, I believe we see any of Dol Amroth, do we? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we see the people. Yes. Yeah, we see some of the people of Dol Amroth, like Prince Imrahil. But, uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't get to see, uh, you know, a- any of the actual lands really. So, correct. We do. Not. I think that creates a perfect opportunity. Yeah. To. It's basically the Miami of Gondor. So. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, they're down there in the south. They're right next to the uh, I don't know um, Umbarites, the Corsairs of Umbar. They're uh, they're further right. to the what south, they? but they uh, yeah they got pirates to deal with. I mean yeah, the, but the the um, Umbarians. I think it's just I think um, they're generally referred Umbarist. as the men of Umbar. He was you know he was just a, not brave enough to come up with a uh, <laughs> an adjective to describe <laughs> yeah yeah they don't have a proper name as far as i know i believe it's just the men of umbar a- anyway the corsair yeah, the corsairs of umbar yeah corsair, the corsairs are the pirates. pirates yeah yeah so there's there's a bunch of pirates down there and they've they they harried the coast of dol amroth for years and i'm thinking that a crime just keeps cropping up around the ports in Dol Amroth because of the influence of these uh, ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, these smugglers and pirates. And... Sounds like a job for Don Johnson, right? <laughs> I mean, it was. It <laughs> Salmon be... pink t-shirt and a loosely uh, fitting yeah, need... <laughs> sport coat. <laughs> With chainmail. <laughs> yeah, and chainmail, obviously, yeah. A white sport coat, yeah, a pink that's... t-shirt underneath it, and some chainmail. <laughs> yeah, just a, a middle layer of chainmail. Don't forget the Ray-Bans. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I feel like it would just need to be the medieval version of whenever that 80s you know, cool cup getup is. Yeah. There's an equivalent there. Yeah. There's a translation, a transliteration, sort of like. I, I don't know what aviators would look like <laughs> in Middle Earth on a medieval be... suit of armor, but he's got them. He's got them. And yeah, I th- you know, they're just running around solving a drug. Okay, well, I guess Vice. Yeah, is, is it like. Well, Vice is specifically, and... I think, does work. Uh, yeah, I think drugs is their main. It's like drug, drugs and. Uh, drugs and prostitution, like... yeah. Yeah, prostitution. Vice, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which. Coming to think about it now, it was really not very <laughs> prevalent in Tolkien stories. Yeah, not, yeah, not as far as we know. I mean, I think it's... But maybe. Yeah, I mean... It's because it was stamped out. Uh, yeah, maybe it was. And, and held in check by the... I, I'm really... I'm struggling to think of the... I would need to sort of look up and, and translate an Adonaiic or... <laughs> Numenorean, like a a a, a Sindarin uh, version of just some action star. Yeah, there's got to be a, a perfect name for this, and there's no way I can come up with it on the spot. Uh, yeah, say I'm trying to think of any like I mean Miami Vice, just Crockett and Tubbs, and I'm trying to figure out anything between those. Nothing's <laughs> really coming to mind. They're, those are very Breland names already. <laughs> they really are, actually. Yeah, I mean Tubbs <laughs> could be a Hobbit name for for Tubbs is absolutely a a Hobbit or a, a portly innkeeper or something. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it all the the names in Bree are very. Uh, I don't know how, what you would call it. They're kind of like country 
bumpkin, but they're pretty modern. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're usually standards. most Bree surnames are uh, named after uh, plants and stuff. You know, like Bill Fernie, for example, or yeah. But uh, the all the Numenorean names, so you know, Gondor yeah. uh, in the north, Arnor. So basically, just Aragorn and his crew are. They're Sindarin, right? Uh, yes, I believe Sindarin, Sindarin was yeah, not, the not Quenya, was the no. language. Yeah, yeah, Sindarin, not Quenya. I'm almost certain. Okay, and uh, so it would be much fancier than uh, your tubs or your. <laughs> it, it would. <laughs> it would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tubs is not a traditional Numenorean name. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, uh, there was no tar tubs. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's it provides a blank canvas that you, you know it's it, it's like in star wars there's a whole galaxy that we haven't explored right. there aren't quite as many there aren't quite as many spots to fill in in lord of the rings but i think dol amroth is yeah. is rich and ripe to plunder <laughs> yeah, okay plunder isn't the plunder seems like bad well i mean it's i mean <laughs> If we're if it's if we're doing it all for the cash, then that's exactly doing. what it is. <laughs> that is the, at the end of the day, we are plundering. <laughs> yeah, we're not creating anything new ourselves. We're just we're taking something else. Hang and... on, are we the baddies? Oh my God, yeah, are we? Oh my God, are we Melkor turning <laughs> nah. elves into orcs? <laughs> okay, let's not go that far. Hang on. I mean, we're not torturing we, anybody. We still like it. I think we do it once again tastefully. Okay. That's that's the name of the game here. Where this would be a cool '80s crime detective show procedural set in Dol Amroth, and it would be done tastefully. It would be so tasteful, you guys. It would be so respectful, action packed. Yeah, Prince. Uh, uh, do, mm-hmm. I would think this would be. I'm just gonna go. It would, but yeah, would it be before? I think it would be before or the War of the Ring. It would yeah. have to be. I think the Corsairs. I think are oh. pretty well uh, taken care what, of. What was the prince's name? Is it prince Aduna. Imr- no, his father. Oh, Imrahil's father. Mm, I don't know. Arthur. No, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna Google it. Right we'll now. come up with it. But he's he's definitely got a bit of a an issue with the nose candy. <laughs> So he's kind of been like Adrahil the second. He's been letting this Adrahil. Adrahil. That's what it was. The second. Adrahil. Adrahil's father. No idea how it's actually pronounced, but he's yeah, he's got a bit of a problem with the nose candy. So he's been sort of turning a blind eye to this problem. And then what about just like Prince? (laughs) 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 Just fine. It's like, and there's like Prince what? And he's like, no, it's, it's just Prince. <laughs> and it's Prince. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he's Prince. <laughs> Prince has the part if he wants yeah, it. If we can Yeah. By then we'll be able to okay, resurrect well, the dead, yeah. I'm sure. I feel like he's the perfect rip a guitar solo yeah. at some point in the show. Yeah, this, I mean this is this is 30 years from now. So. Yeah, we'll have we'll be we'll have the technology <laughs> by then for sure. He'll be he'll be a uh yeah, yeah. he'll be a uh he'll he'll be our first post mortem pick. 
And then, I mean, our actual pick will probably be somebody who was born like five years ago. Yeah. Which is sort of horrifying to think about. It really is. But it just, it reinforces that we have time. We have plenty of time. To to nail these details. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of time to work out the, uh, yeah, the grubby little details. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see some just, it would be beautiful to see Dol Amroth. I'd love to just see Dol Amroth in any sort of adaptation. But there, I mean, it it wouldn't be in an adaptation because it's, you know, it's not in anything. Uh, yeah, I, I'm imagining it would look kind of like uh, similar to how I would imagine. Oh, God, what's the uh, westernmost city in Numenor? Totally blanking on the name. Starts with an A. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah, we're clearly <laughs> <laughs> we're clearly the experts here. Yeah, let me just let me just keep um, looking here. Yeah, strangely, I don't think they mentioned it in Rings of Power. What the the name of the city was or they might have it but they might have shown it on a map briefly so it's been a while Maybe, since you might be right i'm not sure either way yes i i agree it does look very because right? i mean it was built Numenorian by the numenorians and yeah it was just it was a yeah. coastal city that's when i, I was thinking because yeah. those were all built as coastal cities and and it, it that was an amazing. I loved seeing that in Rings of Power. Yeah, for anything else you want to say about that show, I think they absolutely nailed what Numenor should look like. Yeah, and uh, most of the set, and yeah, you know, Moria, and yeah, everything. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think Dolamba off would look uh, a lot like that. Yeah, and very similar Mediterranean. We also, kinda. get to see the seedy underside. Of a, oh, yeah. yeah, of a Mediterranean, uh, yeah, like medieval era city, right? Because just because uh, Dol Amroth is filled with good guys doesn't mean there aren't some bad guys in it. In, Otherwise, we have no show. So, in Tolkien, it kind of, yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, yes, yes, no, you're right, yeah, there are some bad guys in it and around yeah, it, in and around, and they're they're coming in and, and spreading, um, drugs <laughs> and the will of. And worship of Melkor. Yeah. With those drugs. Yeah. Remember, kids, don't do drugs or you are just worshiping Melkor. Yeah, that's right. Cocaine use is the exact same as worshiping Melkor. Yeah. Ex- worship yeah. of Melkor yeah, might involves just... a lot of uh, teeth grinding <laughs> and uh, jacked up heart rates. <laughs> and if you, if you do cocaine even once, uh, then gods have the right to uh, cast your entire home uh underneath the waves to be lost forever that's right that was that was one of the numenorians main mistakes was doing cocaine <laughs> <laughs> well yeah they didn't have uh they didn't have a okay so how about this vice division okay. no what about this idea for extended life what if we just do rip a ton of lines of blow right that's where we start off right okay so <laughs> i mean uh, yeah the whole uh, let's just go west it just seems like something that was just definitely on like a yeah like a big yeah there's a big cocaine meeting have we ever just tried why don't we just why don't we just sail why have we not colonized middle earth yet (laughs) (laughs) no brainer man it's like it's like hey the gods they gave us one rule we can't go that way and they used to say but i mean like are they even are they even real (laughs) And if they are, they should just make us a more. Yeah. What jerks? <laughs> yeah, it's 
this their plans seem to only make sense if you're yeah doing drugs yeah, i mean our Farazon was gonna go to war with the valar you couldn't have that idea if you weren't on cocaine you'd have to be thinking very highly of yourself and not really thinking things all the way through <laughs> it's a very excited idea that's not a sit down and think about this first idea that's a all right we're doing it very spur yeah moment. absolutely <laughs> all right i don't have a, a gavel or i'm trying to think of what would I don't think there's anything that it could hit on anything that would sound like good audio at all, but I demand a recast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I demand a recast. Right. Uh, so this is a another segment I've come up with where we basically go through the mostly Lord of the Rings Yes, we. Could, I mean, we could include The Hobbit too, but any sort of film adaptations, or I guess theoretical ones as well, and try to decide who we would cast for a role. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a great segment idea, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and unfortunately, they pretty much cast everybody perfectly. Yeah, they re- at least in Lord of the Rings, uh, I mean, they really did. Uh, yeah, I mean. For the way that they wrote the characters, at least some of the characters changed, but I think the actors played the changes pretty much. And, you know, they just sort of looked, I mean, it's impossible to look at certainly the fellowship, you know, read about them without picturing. Uh, Yeah, especially for people, I would say, in our, our age group and younger who... A lot of, I mean, your your first experience with this with Tolkien's works is not uh, the movies, but it is most people. I mean, that's the first yeah. I can, you know, the when I first got yeah, where you really connected to it. Yeah, it's what it, if if you become enough of a nerd to listen to a podcast like ours, <laughs> a lot of yeah, you've certainly been with the movies. For yeah, a unless while. yeah, unless you're older than us, in which case, you know, you 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 may already have uh, read the books and everything. But yeah, most most millennials and 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 Zoomers, their first interaction with this stuff is going to be the Lord of the Rings films. That's fair to say. So I'm going to come right out and say it. Ian McKellen sucks. Whoa, hey, 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 hey. I know we're messing around <laughs> here, but I will not have you say such things. Yeah, no, that was way too far. He is absolutely a a gift to I mean, that it's... from from the gossips. Yeah, they, the he is he gods. is one of the coolest. Yes, the the gods of casting. That's that is my favorite Valar. Actually, is uh, <laughs> whichever the Valar of, of casting director, the Valar of <laughs> casting director. Yeah, I don't. I I'm trying to think of one single known casting director, and I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there are many <laughs> renowned gonna, ones, but I don't know any. I, I would knows. love to pull a name there, yeah. but. We've anyway. used our brains for other useless information <laughs> other than that. So. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ian McKellen is fantastic. And, and he did a great job as yes. Gandalf. But you know what? I, I, I kind of want to change up Gandalf's vibe. Oh, yeah. What were you thinking? Oh, I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what I think would make a really no, no, fun. Gandalf, mm-hmm. maybe better as a Hobbit Gandalf than a Lord of the Rings Gandalf, but uh, if he could do a British accent, uh, Jeff Bridges, I feel like, has the facial hair, and oh. the hair on top of his head, and the voice. 
do an amazing Gandalf. I love how intense he would be. As yeah, I, I feel Gandalf. like he'd be a better like lighthearted Gandalf than um than me. I don't. I don't he he's really Jeff. Yeah, hey. I guess. Oh, you're thinking you're thinking, dude, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, but even I'm thinking more recently, well, you could like every cow. say Rooster Cogburn, been. Jeff Bridges would be a very grumpy Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grit. So I, I mean, he's got range. You know, he's got the grump. Yeah, he's got he can the, do. He can do anything. He's got the grump. He's got the grit. He's got the groove. Got the beard. Yeah. Wow. Actually, yeah, I'm starting to really like that. Or if they made it. Hmm. Oh, if they made Lord of the Rings into a western, actually, it would be very funny because like Sam Elliott would be a great Gandalf. <laughs> then I'm gonna yeah, bash I'm, your head yeah. against this door you know? until it opens. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf I, can start forest fires. That's, that's flaming pine. Side doors. note. <laughs> side note. A spin, a spinoff of, oh, the Lord of the Rings as a western is sounds like rad. Yeah, that hell. that would that could be that's its own right. adaptation station uh, segment right there. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking Clint Eastwood. Oh man, for Gandalf. <laughs> man. <laughs> Pippin would not try any shit if <laughs> no he, if, if Gandalf was he would shoot Clint one look. <laughs> he would shoot one look at Pippin. And Pippin was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm actually I'm gonna go home. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm you going know what? back. Uh, yeah, uh, Elrond's idea for me to send messages back to the Shire, and I think I'm gonna take him up on that one. <laughs> it's like I love your fireworks, Gandalf. Love your work, but I mean. My God, I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> He's just a mean son of a bitch, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> just mean looking. I mean, it seems like yeah. he could be like, he, yeah. I don't know. Again, Ian McKellen just brings that sort of softness. Yeah, the warmth. To yeah, him. the warmth. Yeah, the warmth. Yeah, that uh, is is quick to anger, quick to yeah, laugh. That's what that, really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think Ian McKellen would be the hardest person for. to recast. Because he just did such an amazing. Well, that's why I yeah. started with this. All right. I feel like it was the. Yeah, this is hard mode. Yeah. You know? Well, actually, if we were recasting Lord of the Rings for today, actually, I think Martin Freeman should play Frodo because he's the proper age. Because as awesome as Elijah Wood was, um, Frodo's fifty years old when they set off on this adventure. You know, he's only thirty-three. Yeah, he's thirty-three at the long expected party and 17 years pass between Gandalf leaving the unexpected party and coming back again. So yeah. So Frodo's in his fifties. So yeah, that, that was never clear in the book. I don't, or the yeah, movie. The movie. I, mean, they, I, I don't know if they... yeah, I mean, Frodo's like seems even, I mean, Elijah Wood is younger than, um, I, I can never tell if it was implied or if, yeah, he seems younger than yeah, Sam. Yeah, for sure. He and and, and he is younger than Holly Sean Mary. Astin, for sure. Yeah. And it would make sense if he had the ring the whole time. And it was... But he wasn't carrying it or anything. Yeah, he wasn't carrying it or using it much. And he would be, you know, well-preserved. But even so, I would say Elijah Wood did not look 33 when he inherits the ring. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure no, he was like... Yeah. 23 or something when uh when they actually shot yeah, those was, films he was early 20s 
so yeah, maybe. But either way, well, Martin Freeman was such a great Bilbo, and as as much as the Hobbit movies weren't fantastic, he was fantastic in that role. Yeah, he he nailed yeah, so it. So yeah. he would he I think he would be a pretty decent shout for for Frodo. Um, I mean, he and Ian McKellen just sort of made the Hobbit. They made it. They were one of the best parts Agreed. of the Hobbit. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, I hate to do it, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to just replace it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just going to have to, I guess, huh? Yeah. I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm loving Jeff Bridges for this, but is there anybody else that we should consider? I'm for the sure role? there's and plenty we should, of people um, we have them do a table reading. Yeah. Let's see. What about, uh, uh, Larry? <laughs> 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 oh we thought we thought gandalf was uh sassy and wisecracking before oh my god larry dude is... I, uh, having having larry david do a uh curvier enthusiasm style take oh, on gandalf through the whole everything else is the same god, that'd be so funny but he just <laughs> that would actually be oh, so good yeah that would be uh that would be really that'd be really good That'd be very, very funny. Yeah. Comedy <laughs> adaptation of who I mean terrible. Yeah, yeah I was gonna um, say though no, it, it would be you you could even if he tr- did a dramatic reading of the whole thing, you could never take it seriously. Oh no, you couldn't no way. You couldn't. He's too funny. Everything about him is everything he says is hilarious, yeah. even when he's not trying to be. It's just mannerisms, yeah. yeah. Um All right, let's see. Who else could we cast in this thing? I mean I feel like Aragorn is a good person for us to think about considering there were several people that were considered and one person was cast and didn't end up becoming that character. Uh, so originally, I think they were, yeah. I think in the first place they were considering Nicolas Cage for Aragorn, which is insane to me. That is weird. I'm like, can you imagine him chewing the it scenery of Middle Earth probably... like that, like he usually does? It would have been... Oh, terrible. I don't think it would have been. <laughs> I'm 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 pretty sure it wouldn't win as only... many Oscars as it would have if Nick Cage had played Aragorn. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to knock Nick Cage as an actor because I I yeah. like him, but that's not the energy it would that have been they all needed. wrong. I don't think. Um, and and the first person actually cast as Aragorn was uh, Stuart Townsend. The only thing I've seen him in, I think, is uh. Uh, Queen of the Damned, I think, is the only thing I can think of that I've seen him in. And uh, he got fired within like two weeks of starting. Like the the musician? No, different guy, actor, Stuart Townsend. No, there's two different guys. There's one who's a guitar player. I think it's a different guy. Oh. (laughs) Either way, maybe I'm getting the name wrong, but the guy from uh, Queen of the Damned was the one who was originally cast as Aragorn. And within two weeks, he was replaced with uh, Viggo Mortensen because he was apparently just a dick. <laughs> he was, was very difficult oh, to work well, with and was no one. Everybody hated yeah, him. I, say, say what you will about Viggo Mortensen. You shouldn't. But <laughs> that guy is not a dick. He seems like the sweetest dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he gets the call. I mean, he's basically got to learn. He doesn't know. He doesn't know about Lord of the Rings when he gets that call. And uh, his son, I think, I believe, talks him into it. he's like, Dad, you have to do this absolutely have to do this so he like reads lord of the rings on the flight to new zealand and yeah wow. i think two weeks within getting the first call he's they start starts filming which is crazy i can't imagine uh trying to trying to do that 
trying to get in the head yeah, of such yeah, a, a yeah such an important literary character so quickly. Yeah, I mean, he did yeah, he it. Really he really did. Kind he did of, an amazing job. He just kind of was dirty for weeks yeah. on. So who would we recast as Aragorn since uh, Vigo is now old enough to play uh, yeah, okay. Gandalf hang himself on, now? The, this, this bit is this segment. We're doing one character. Oh, okay. Time. We just got to lock down. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Sorry. Listen, explain uh, the rules ahead of time. We need value on this thing. <laughs> I'm okay. I thought I did, but. <laughs> That's all right. So let's stick with I'm Gandalf. Just, if we if we recasted every member of the fellowship, it would be, be it a, would take like four. I mean, this would end up being a four-hour podcast episode, and no one wants so, to listen to that. You know what? And we gotta we gotta wrap up soon. Yeah. So I'm gonna put my foot down and say we're recasting okay. Gandalf in a as a golden retriever <laughs> in the puppy bowl version of oh. Fellowship of the Ring. That, uh, yeah, that actually that sounds, sounds adorable. Cute as hell. I would be so in <laughs> like homeward bound, except it's Lord of the Rings. It's all dogs. Yes, exactly. A cats. Yeah. They're, they're going, they're not going homeward. Bound yeah. Until they're it's there and back. Yeah. Again, not, back. not quite homeward bound. Sort of. Got a few stops to make. All right. So do you want to take us home with a, a fun fact? Yeah. About all right. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's finish out this episode. All right. So my fun fact about uh, J.R.R. Tolkien is that he was actually quite a huge fan of uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Uh, Mothership Connection was his favorite song. Funk, Unfunky UFO, I think, was his favorite track off of that, uh, that first Parliament album. Be amazing. Just when I thought the guy couldn't get any Loves cooler. funk. Man loved funk. Just sitting, smoking his pipe, you know, reading the paper and just listen, listening to Parliament. <laughs> I mean, he, he, and not not English Parliament. Oh, Parliament. No, Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic. Funkadelic. George, George Clinton. Uh, he probably did that Parliament. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure. Uh, All right. Well, uh, you know, now, now the, the people, people know. know. That's a true so, fact about J.R.R. Tolkien. Loved Parliament. <laughs> don't we all? All right. Well, with that, I guess we say. Join us next time and Namadie, friends. Namadie.